I don't know why, but I just like went into the triple J voice for no reason. She's like, why are you doing that voice? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm in podcast mode right now. You know, you can't sneak up on me when I'm in podcast mode. Welcome, loyal listeners, and thank you for joining us. This is Radioactive Spider Pod, the podcast that looks back on the 90s Spider-Man cartoon and asks, are you really an investigator if you're not wearing a trench coat and fedora? I'm your amicable adjudicator, the miscreant Kevin McAvoy. Nah, miscreant for sure. We know you're a good boy. Yeah, yeah, I am a good boy. Uh, And joining me as always, my fellow convicted criminals, the trumped up Vero Taylor. Listen, everybody agrees I'm the best podcaster. My grandfather, he's genius podcaster. Wow, that went really New York, eh? <laughs> that was terrible. He's from New York, so. <laughs> and the incarcerated Peter Iskandar. Yeah, it's a, it's a trying time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. A uh, quick bit of business to take care of. Screenshots for this episode as well as updates and other good stuff is on our social media, so check those out for the full experience or to join the conversation. We're at RA SpiderPod on Twitter, at Radioactive SpiderPod on Facebook and Instagram, and all the links are on our website, RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. There's also exclusive bonus episodes, articles, outtakes, and oddities over at Patreon.com slash Radioactive SpiderPod if you want to support the show. All right. Since we all managed to survive sins of the gins of the father's loggers, we thought we'd keep the train going. But this time, we'll classy up the joint with a segment I like to call Pinos in Danger. In honor of the season's theme, Partners in Danger. What's blurring your memories today, boys? Um, I have a yellowtail Pinot Grige. Ooh, Australian. Yep. You'll be seeing a lot of this because I don't really know any other Pinot. Uh, we got uh, ourselves a bottle of Angel's Gate. Uh, it's a 2018 Pinot Gris from uh, Beamsville Bench. You know, it means grave. Oh. Moving on, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we're all charged up, so let's search our conscience and scrutinize the evidence because we're about to be handcuffed to Partners in Danger. Chapter 1. Guilty. Guilty first aired February 1st of 1997 and is based on Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, issues 150, 151, and 155, which means it's time for another felonious edition of Peter's Comic Book Minute. Peter's Comic Book Minute. Spectacular Spider-Man number 150 came out in May 1989 and was written by Jerry Conway with pencils by Sal Bashima. And the verdict is guilty. Robbie gets put into prison for three years because he didn't tell anyone about the murder of a mob informant by Tombstone and ends up in the cell next to Tombstone. Fancy that. Spectacular Spider-Man number 151 came out in June 1989 and was written by Jerry Conway and Sabashima. Spider-Man sneaks into the window of Robbie's cell and tells him that he's available to help Joe whenever he needs it, telling him to have his son Randy get in touch with Peter Parker. Joe, not wanting 
to get in trouble for Spider-Man being outside his cell, quickly agrees and tells him to go away. Later, Joe Robertson is using the steam press in the prison laundry. His hands are almost mangled when Tombstone pushes the lid down. Tombstone grabs Joe by the throat, intending to get revenge after Robertson got him arrested and thrown in prison. However, before Tombstone can harm Joe, he's grabbed by a massive prisoner who calls himself Bruiser. He doesn't like how Tombstone is causing trouble and convinces him to let Joe go. Bruiser has decided that he is going to make Joe his special friend, much to Joe's shock and relief. Um, also, the comic ends with Triple J being revealed as the chameleon. <gasps> chameleon! What? <laughs> special friend? I thought we were good friends. <laughs> good friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Finally, Spectacular Spider-Man number 155 came out in October 1989 and was also written by Jerry Conway and Sabushima. Spider-Man is sneaking into Lewisburg Federal Prison. Arriving at Joe's cell, Robertson is upset that the wall crawler answered his call for help. Suddenly, Spider-Man's spider sense goes off, allowing him to narrowly avoid a blow from Tombstone, who is at just outside the cell. While Spider-Man is distracted, Robertson injects Spider-Man with a needle. <laughs> Spider-Man is then chained to a wall. Later, the guards in the prison notice a number of helicopters heading towards the prison. They have come to free Tombstone and his gang. As the criminals head towards the chopper, Tombstone takes Robbie Robertson and Spider-Man with him. The guards try to stop him, but can't shoot for fear of hitting Spider-Man. Finally, on the helicopter, Tombstone takes advantage of this by kicking the wall crawler in hopes to knock him loose. Joe overcomes his fears and pushes himself and Tombstone over the edge. Spider-Man watches helplessly as Joe and Tombstone fall into the ground below. The web crawler quickly scrambles into the helicopter where he takes down the gunman. Then he demands the pilot to land near where Joe and Tombstone fell. However, there is nowhere for them to land in the thick forest. Fearing the worst, Spider-Man thinks that if Joe did die, at least he died like a man. Well, wait, is he dead? You'll have to go and read Spectacular Spider-Man number 156 to find that out. Well, we don't have time for that. So <laughs> our episode begins with Spider-Man swinging through town, catching us up on what happened last season. Mostly that Mary Jane is gone, and so is the Green Goblin. Aunt Anna blames Peter, Harry Osborn blames the Goblin, and Spidey, well, he blames himself. Looks like Anna Watson's been permanently admitted to the May Parker Memorial Disappointment Ward. Yeah. That disappointment oh, glanditis, it's going to rupture at any moment. I just know it's your fault. She's gone. I blame you, Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking lost it here and is being physically restrained by orderly. Yeah. <laughs> My theory here is that she's been committed by Peter. Like Matt Murdock <laughs> got Peter her power of attorney now that MJ's gone and he's like putting the old battle axe away for good. As they're strapping her down, Daredevil just peeks in the window, gives a big thumbs up. My good pal, Call me Daredevil. Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil. <laughs> Call me Daredevil. Yeah, it turns out <laughs> Anna Watson's perfectly fine. She was actually just like grieving in her house. And then yeah. orderlies <laughs> burst in the door and she's unstable. Stabbed her full <laughs> yeah. of Xanax and just rolled her out. And Peter's across the street. Just excellent. <laughs> excellent. You know, silver linings, right? Silver yeah, the li doctors are just kind of like, I have never seen a woman consume so much Brussels sprouts in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt May, uh, her her voice here is remarkably different, and uh, that's because the voice actress who played her, Linda Gary, lost her battle with brain cancer in late 1995, which actually made Turning Point, the previous episode, her last episode. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, so she's being replaced here by Julie Bennett, uh, who's a veteran voice actress uh, with a lot of credits for over four decades, uh, many of them like voiceovers and cartoons, but I wouldn't say this performance is worse or better necessarily but it is very different 
And the fact that this is a memory makes it sound very distorted and dreamlike to me. She doesn't mean it, dear. Anna's delirious over the loss of Mary Jane. And it sucks. Bye, Aunt May. Anyways, <laughs> pretty succinct recap here, though, uh, especially including the scenes that we never actually saw. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's not just bullshit reused animation, though there is some of that. Uh, it's they've got, they 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 parcel in some stuff that you haven't seen yet, so it actually makes it kind of interesting. Yeah, especially since this is probably the smartest Harry has ever sounded. Yeah, his father's missing, and he immediately went to the guy who kidnapped his father last time. Unlike everybody else who knows about the goblin. But is he that smart, though? He does say that... My father's vanished. I'm sure the Green Goblin's kidnapped him again. Now the goblin's taken Mary Jane, too. Why? How can I live my life without the two people I love the most? His dad and Mary Jane are the only two people he's he actually loves. I'm just like, you're telling this to Mary Jane's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Dude. <laughs> Man, I wanted to, like, oh, 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 now Harry wants some emotional support from Peter, huh? Like, how sweet would it have been if he let Harry have his little rant here and then gives him a taste of his own medicine? (laughs) He's just like, how can I live without the two people I love? I couldn't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you you remember my name. So you do remember my name, friend. If you look up friend in a dictionary, it doesn't say act like a dickhead to him for four months while trying to take his girlfriend away from him and then come crying back when everything else in my life collapses. Is that what a friend does? Yeah. I think Harry's using that lost girlfriend to get some pity sex. From who? Liz Allen. Liz Allen. He's got money now. Now he runs Oscorp. Ooh. Hey, honey. Maybe li- I run the biggest manufacturer in the city, and I just lost my girlfriend. And I just got this cock-inducing cod piece. It wasn't my girl. It wasn't his girlfriend anymore. Bop, bop, bop. He believes it was. <laughs> oh, that's fair. He can buy 10 Mary Janes that's at right. this point. Like he's buy you 100 George Michaels that you can teach to drive. <laughs> Peter's blaming himself, and Triple J looks to get in on the blame game as he and Robbie argue at the Bugle about Spider-Man's involvement with Mary Jane's disappearance. Jonah demands pictures of Spider-Man, while Robbie dips to go to his son's big game. Boom, Triple J. It's all gonna be okay, cause we got some Triple J. It's been a while. It's been a while since we got some quality Triple J time. And we get so much of it in this episode, and I'm so excited about it. We do. And it gets pretty greasy. It's great. <laughs> Looking at the uh, the headline here that says, what is Spider-Man's connection to the disappearance of this co-ed? Which is not a very good headline, but no. they're still sticking with calling any woman who seeks an education a co-ed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's technically what it means. It's so fucking weird. We looked this up before, right? It's the Hydro Man episode. Ah, oh, man. I just, it feels weird. <laughs> like, yeah. Not a lot feels too dated about this show. Like, it actually does a pretty good job with making women and even people of color strong and empowered and stuff. But where's the LGBTQ community there, Kevin? <laughs> All right. We had to deal with Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the theater. <laughs> and he knows people in the theater. That's 
not a euphemism. Robbie says that Peter doesn't want a, his career tied to Spider-Man anymore. He'd rather be taking off centered photos of antique buildings and maybe some grayscale graffiti. You know, he's really going into his artsy photography now. Ah, uh, the unemployable phase. <laughs> Triple J just vomits. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, so Jonah here just like, did I ever tell you about the time? Sorry, Jonah, but I've got to run. My son Randy is starting in the all-star game in less than an hour. Robbie's just like, okay, sorry, Jonah. I've, I've heard this fucking story six goddamn times. I'm done. I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. Robbie's well-versed in how to like deflect the old man's story. He can see it coming a mile away. He's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta go see my son's all-star game. I didn't know Juvie had varsity sports. Oh like, isn't Randy in the clink for his many crimes in the previous episodes? I think he gets community service, or at least his high school will push for that so that he can still make the all-star game because he's the star. That's how American sports works, I think. Uh, I don't know. The thing that jumped out at me here, though, was A, Triple J actually comes as close as close as he ever has to saying, I need pictures of Spider-Man. We need Spider-Man right here on the front page. And also he says, I've never felt protected by him. Um, what about the time he saved you from that Spider-Slayer or Doc Ock or the Scorpion or Venom or the Chameleon or Mysterio mm. or the Green Goblin or that time Smythe strapped you to a bomb and it set it to explode? Oh, what Whoa, give me pictures of Spider-Man. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Oh, you're still listening. Gosh, so long. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Robbie is not listening. That's the thing. Look, I gotta go. I already got an Uber coming. They charge you if you let them sit. So, see ya. And then Triple J's like, You know, I miss those days with my own son. You should cherish this time with your family. You're a lucky man. Now he just cries himself to sleep every night, still fixated on that black ooze. Oh, gosh, Pharaoh. Cost me $3,000 a week. Therapist says I should hug more. What does she know? I mean, fuck it. Whatever. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. And it's a moment of tenderness from Triple J that's just thrown back in his face where he's just like, oh, you're a lucky man. Like, you should chant, you know, you should really appreciate this time. He's like, that's one thing we can agree on, Jonah. I am a lucky man. I know. Maybe Jonah needed a hug. Well, no situational irony here. Time to skidoo. The thing is here. What's um whatever happened with John Jameson? Is he like okay? Do we know? I know in the comics he turns into a fucking werewolf because yeah, yeah. so like I a don't moon know. wolf. Yeah. I'm not sure if he ever comes back in this no, show. No, you never see him again. He had his big crash and and then he just fucking dipped. And that's what Robbie's doing here. He heads off for the big game. But as he uh, enters the cab, he's sealed in and he's gassed into unconsciousness by a mysterious kidnapper. The taxi driver just looks ghoulish. He looks like such yeah, a he's goblin. He's like, hey, hey. I was like, no, not another goblin. <laughs> still, while I gas you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obviously kind of what they were going for, where like you can tell that he was a villain. There's a thing where if you go, like if you look at the Joker and his face and the proportions of the face and how they're drawn, it's much more like exaggerated uh, to make yeah. it a lot more villainous, right? So they mm-hmm. did the same thing with this guy, right? Kind of like a marionette looking thing, right? Yeah. Peter's comic book minute. <laughs> Redux. Uh, this isn't even a real kidnapping. I'm thinking it's just how like terrible cabs smell if you were to seal <laughs> someone in. He's gonna need two, maybe three Christmas tree deodorizers for this. It's just like, oh god, there's so much vomit back here. Like, there's a hobo jerking off. I don't know. It's a New York cab. It's terrible. <laughs> 
He didn't even let the hobo out. <laughs> and then Robbie's just begging to be freed as if this wasn't intentional. It's like, let me out. Let me out. Yeah. Let me Stop out. Stop the cab. This is not a cab. I'm begging for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice cab, though, in the fact that it has this like, awesome retractable like separator and all this stuff. Yeah, man. It would uh, help prevent the spread of disease. Why would we ever need to do that, Kevin? I don't know, Peter. <laughs> Is this the same company that the limo from S.H.I.E.L.D. came from? Is this a, a company that sells gasable cars? Yeah, you could just kind of retrofit them like school buses and hearses. Presidential limousines. The next day, both Spider-Man and the police are racing to the scene of a daring boat heist. Hired goons seem to be working under the reluctant leader they call Mastermind. Spidey sets up his camera and swings in to fight, but is immediately put into the drink by a laser blast to the tits. <laughs> it's right in the tits, man. Isn't this the same doc that, um, what, the Tablet of Time was at? Oh, God, yeah, it's like a half reshot. Mm -hmm. They excessively reuse animation from the Tablet of Time. A helicopter lands that then disappears because it was the helicopter fucking hammerhead gets into. You're like, wait, where did that come from? It's, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's kind of disorienting because it happened so fast, but then they're really emphasizing their desire not to be taken alive. You gotta shake off that knockout gas the guards fired at you. Yeah, we can't let them take us alive. Jesus, okay, go out That's shooting, weird. I guess. Like, it's pretty dark for a kid's show, cool. Can we all just agree that Mastermind is a fucking terrible name? Oh, Mastermind, and they yeah. say it over and over. Like, Robbie's not a dumb person. What's Robbie have to do with any of this? <laughs> It's just this mastermind guy. <laughs> the heat's on to us, mastermind. 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 Go on, mastermind. Mastermind. Okay, mastermind. Mastermind. Mastermind's been nabbed. Mastermind. I mean, it's obvious that it's Robbie. What? But it's like, he's not going to be convinced that his name is Mastermind. From yeah. And like, it's not like there were previous crimes associated to someone called mastermind and this was the big reveal that robbie actually perpetuated five crimes before this so why yeah. the fuck give him a nickname boss yeah. chief sir all would have worked <laughs> very chief. clear later i don't know if this is just works, a frame but... job so why not just use his real name and social security number while you're yelling <laughs> stuff if the point is to incriminate him let's robbie just Robinson, be overt who works at the bugle Editor. And his social security number is 961. Married to Martha. <laughs> Friend of Triple J. <laughs> Spider-Man just takes the shot and just goes straight into the drink. Like, he's just waving this gun around and it happens to hit him. It's crazy. And then he says the kicked by a mule reference again. He really likes that. Well, it's a good reference, though. It's a good reference when you're in the old timey days and that actually would have happened. She falls in a well, eyes go cross, she gets kicked by a mule, they go back to normal. I don't know. <laughs> well, so Spider-Man shrugs off his stunning and he reboards the ship, but something isn't quite right with Mastermind, who doesn't seem to want any part of this heist. Spidey webs up the goons, securing the surrender of the leader, but is thrown for a loop when it's revealed that Robbie Robertson is behind the mask of Mastermind. No, don't web me. There's a lot of fear in that voice. Is he peeing? He's probably peeing. No, don't web me. Spider-Man sees this wave runner coming at him, though, as he's like treading water. Oh, yeah. And then he just dives down under it. But he missed a golden opportunity to use his catchphrase again, which is. This is my cue to skidoo. Oh! 
It would have worked on two levels. <laughs> so he doesn't put up any fight when he's unmasked. No, wait, stop. Yeah. Mastermind? Your name's as hokey as your costume. Uh, it's just a ski mask. Like, yeah. you're the guy in spandex. Like, what, what's so hokey about his costume? It's a regular, like, you know, like, tactical clothes and a ski mask. That's not really, like, hokey. It's pretty functional, man. Like, yeah. you are the weirdo here. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, 100%. Like, <laughs> these guys are just like, oh, let's go to the army surplus and fetch some, uh, some like cargo pants and some army boots and next Spider-Man's like, I stitched this last night. <laughs> I mean, that kind of a joke works when it's, you know, Mysterio or some shit, but yeah. when it's just a regular goon, it's not really that effective. <laughs> My hollow cubes. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to leave them on the floor. Also, that means that they undressed Robbie when he was unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I, I would like to believe they put the tactical jumpsuit on top of his clothes, but my heart says no. They <laughs> no, they were going for authenticity here. Yeah, they yeah. stripped him, which oh, this is kind of unsettling. They needed him to know he was mastermind. It's kind of weird though that like they're like, oh yeah, surrender, and they all just drop their weapons, and like obviously this is suspicious. But what if? Robbie had steered into this whole thing. Like they're assuming that he's going to be, you know, a coward about it. But what if he went the yeah. other way? He's like, fight to the death, kill the <laughs> pigs. And then he just like runs away, like die for me. <laughs> like yeah. what grabs one as a human shield, throws it at the, yeah, the cops, steals the sea dude. Spider-Man's dick he's, off. Let's go. Yeah. Steals wow. the sea dude. He's gone. Just Yeah, gone. exactly. Like you guys cause a distraction. I'll get away. They actually all stop doing what they're doing and follow mastermind and now it's become this whole criminal organization <laughs> he becomes a real criminal now yeah like oops the kingpin they're like well that way i didn't play that very well spoiler kevin yeah exactly well the wheels of justice work quickly and we see robbie's trial everyone testifies that robbie was behind it all except for triple j and robbie has no proof of his innocence and is quickly found guilty hey that's the name of the episode guilty guilty goldenmore oh. It's so 90s. Yeah, he planned the whole enchilada. Mastermind. He planned the whole enchilada. Literally dozens of men are going to jail probably for five to ten years because this was armed robbery. Yeah. Um, how is this worth it? I don't know. I actually, I wrote the same thing. Whatever is like, I, like I'm i not trying to spoil the episode or jump too far ahead, but what could possibly be worth this? Oh, they're probably getting a big payout from um, some unknown benefactor. Yeah, someone pulling the strings. I guess so, but it would have to be a lot. And this is a lot of work, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they're just... Just fucking yeah. kill him. They just are like, yeah, he planned it all. Yeah, that's fine. Like, fine, you get five years at most. That's still five years uh, in prison. They're just so okay with it. But the prosecutor here is very effective compared to previous prosecutors that we've had to deal with in this show. Like, yeah, that's She's sure. fucking on fire. And then... <laughs> It's talking about uh, how this gun has clearly been used in this crime. It's just like... Mr. Robertson's fingerprints are on this weapon. Ballistics prove it's been fired, and lubricant from the mechanism was found on his hands. And his chest, and his face, testes, anus. <laughs> Strawberry-flavored lube, I might add. <laughs> oh Robbie's just like, that's impossible! I'm a candy apple man! And like they like have to wrestle him back into his chair. Sit down! <laughs> You've been warned! We'll put you in contempt. <laughs> the sad thing is, is this courtroom scene is 
better than the entirety of the Daredevil two episodes that had to do with an <laughs> actual lawyer. Right. This is a pretty open shut case, though. Like, it looks bad for Robbie. He is nothing. I know. The thing I really liked, um, the prosecutor, as you were mentioning, Kevin, is actually pretty on the ball here. And they go and say, like, and then there was the knockout gas. Mysterious cabs, knockout gas. Mr. Robertson, this is a court of law, not a Saturday morning cartoon show. Oh, my God. This is the most meta joke this show has ever made. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was pretty effective. Yeah. I liked it. Robbie's just defeated. He's like, I guess I am mastermind. I have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like, that's it. So the, the jury comes out with their verdict and they're like, Your Honor, we, the jury, find the defendant guilty as charged. <laughs> and we find the jury hungry. We demand more salted pretzels. <laughs> order, order. You'll get unsalted and you'll like it. <laughs> that could have been me. <laughs> that guy's so fat for no reason. I swear I've seen that guy before. I actually went back to watch the other document, the court episode. I don't know. Is there being any other scenes in like hot dog stands? Or One, please, with lots of mustard. So everyone leaves the courtroom and Triple J speaks to the media, vowing to prove Robbie is innocent. He also tells Martha and Randy Robertson that he'll take care of them. But Randy is being a bit of a bitch about the whole thing. So I know that voice. Oh, it's back. It's not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alfonso Ribeiro is uh, back as Randy Robertson. Of course, everyone knows him as Carlton Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's being a bit of a dick here. Yeah, man. It's all about the system. My dad is a good man who believes in the system, and this is how the system repays him. Robbie Robertson is the most decent man I have ever known, and I intend to use every resource available to me to overturn this verdict. If there's anything the two of you need in the meantime, it's yours. But what can you do now? What can anyone do? Like, maybe yeah. I shouldn't have worn a jean jacket to court, but it's too late <laughs> to change things now. No one could have thought of a new character model for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Triple J comes in, rapid fire, Robbie Robertson's the greatest man I've ever met, rah, 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 and then um, says to Martha and Randy, if there's anything you can do, and Randy just would hit back going, what can anybody do? Oh, wait, don't you have a rooftop pool with a great view? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then he's just probably like, Martha, if you need any comfort at this time of need, just let me know. <laughs> He's going in for at least 15 years, just to tell you. And Randy's Dude. there just like, what? <laughs> I'm right here. Well, Triple J immediately gets to work, calling the governor and putting his news team on the case. But even with Peter Parker and Ned Leeds, things don't look good. So how many times has Triple J staked his reputation on things? It's, well, I don't know. Is this like three, four? I don't even know. It's not much to stake, actually. Yeah, his reputation as a rag newspaper editor. Yeah, he basically runs a tabloid. So that he alone just puts his fucking uh, agenda into it. And he calls the governor here, who hangs up on him. It's ridiculous. Yes. The governor's like, oh, yeah, you want a favor? After you printed that story where you accused me of having a romantic relationship with a shaved bear? Like, I had pictures. It was my wife. She stole a picnic basket. <laughs> there was a pork pie hat involved. Listen, Governor Quimby is... <laughs> I uh, did not have sex with that bear. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm not... <laughs> 
Oh, man. Although, hey, it's Ned Leeds in the flesh with a hell of a 90s haircut. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Okay, we got to talk about this. So this whole time, I'm picturing Ned Leeds as maybe a mustache, maybe like a middle-aged man. You know, he's a hard-nosed reporter. He's going out there, getting the stories. Side note, Vero has never read a comic book at least he still looked like an adult in the comics. What I picture the him as fuck a is chubby this? Asian boy. Uh. What is this Ned Leeds? He looks like a reject surfer mullet 20. He's fresh out of college. Like, I will fight you on this. He is a beautiful quaff. Ugh, ugh. Never look behind the curtain, folks. Did you ever think that maybe Robbie was working with Spider-Man and Spidey betrayed him? That Robbie could be guilty? No, Leeds. Not for a second. (laughs) His fucking sweet 90s hair kicks the shit out of Peter's sweet 90s hair. I say that right now. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure it's just the same character model as Richard Fisk here, and they just changed his (laughs) hair to be a little bit more blonde. And a leather jacket, I guess. Because it's Ned Leeds. He gets the scoop. But... um, (laughs) a dicky fisk in disguise yeah. <laughs> but also yeah ned leeds um in the comics has a lot more of a prominent role especially in the earlier comics i think i mentioned before that he actually like dates um betty brandt yeah his romantic rival Yeah, when peter parker is just uh, not giving her the time that she fucking needs in this uh series ned leeds is played here by uh, bob bergen he's a rather prolific voice actor who's done a lot of cartoons and video games And I was browsing his credits. It's pretty clear that he makes his bank uh, being the video game and TV version of like existing characters. For example, he's done the voice of Luke Skywalker 21 times over the years. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. But is that Uh, more than Mark Hamill? Yes, I think it is. So in every instance when Mark Hamill is not available or it's too low budget of a project for Mark Hamill, you bring in this guy. He also did some additional voices in the Octobot slash Make-A-Wish episodes as well on this series. And uh, he also appeared in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, uh, the show in the 80s. So he has some connections. Oh, wow. And Spidey's really beating himself up here about this whole thing. Like, (laughs) Robbie committed a crime. Spider-Man did betray Robbie. After all the times he stood up for me, I helped put him behind bars. As far as he knows right now, it was a legitimate crime. Like if Aunt May was plowing through a farmer's market in her car (laughs) and Spider-Man swigs in and arrested her, he wouldn't feel bad because his aunt was caught, even though she has a toddler and like half a radish stand in her front grill. Like it doesn't make any sense that he's this beaten, like beaten up about the whole thing. Yeah. Like, was he going to let a potential like, was he going to let him get away? Yeah. Just because he knows him. That's not how superheroes work. If it was Aunt May, though, like, I think she needs to get that gin in check. (laughs) (laughs) This is the excuse he was looking for to get her into rehab. Right beside Anna Watson. In prison, Robbie talks with his family, and while the parents keep their heads, Randy is again flying off the handle, wanting to know where Spider-Man is to help. But at that moment, Peter is working in the darkroom on his heist photos and discovering that Robbie didn't fire his gun and must have been set up. Like, didn't Spider-Man help Randy out? Yes. Yeah, I can't believe that he and Randy are having this fucking conversation with Spider-Man after what happened with him. Right? 
Where is he to help you now? Uh, I don't know, son. Where are your hoodlum friends to help you now, huh? Boom. They jammed. Got them. They're no good jammers. You live with a bunch <laughs> of jammers. Mike drop. Also, like, he doesn't know that Spider-Man isn't helping him. He's a superhero. He doesn't have to tell you what he's doing. I like Robbie's quiet line of questioning here. Where he's just like, I'm worried about you two. What are you going to do while I'm gone? Uh... Well, honestly, Robbie, immediately remarry. I can't wait 15 years. I'm in my prime. In 15 years, my tits will be to my waist. Who will want me then? Jesus. <laughs> Rejoin the bandana gang. I'm going back in. They're my family now. <laughs> and Robbie's just crying. I am a lucky man. Peter is in the dark room here, and he's developing pictures. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, yep, dick pic for MJ, dick pic for MJ, <laughs> ass pic for MJ. God, she's freaky. Oh, yeah, here's the evidence. <laughs> Actually, to the point, to that point, Kevin, it's not as typical. To that point about the ass pictures? <laughs> well, developing the photos. Oh, okay. I went back and watched the scene, and you, 100%, is fingers not on the trigger. And here it is. This company's motto is animate once, air twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I like that Peter... At least twice. Yeah. Sorry, animate once. At least once. twice. You never know what's going to come in the future. I also like that uh, Peter's <laughs> kind of puts this all together. He realizes what's happening. Robbie's been set up, and whoever's behind it is a master of deception. He's a master of deception. Some kind of mastermind. I got it. Robbie! Oh, <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. That's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> Well, we immediately discover who is actually behind the frame job as the Kingpin and Landon are discussing it at Kingpin HQ. Big Willie gets to work on the next part of his plan, which is hacking the police computers to get Robbie sent to a very specific penitentiary and revealing he has a prison guard in his pocket. Kingpin here is like a fucking leet hacker with his... His keyboard without any keys. And he's probably got the fucking red switches. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I like it, though, because it's a callback to his origin story where we learn that he hacked the criminal record, like his own criminal records and his name out of existence. It's true. And that's his skill. He is a hacker. Yeah, It's established that he can do this. And he kind of throws it out there that he's got like $25 million worth of computer equipment, which would buy you like one server or whatever at the time. But, but that's it's still all you impressive. need, right? <laughs> it's the 90s. Like you could beat that with a laptop now, but it's still cool. So Kingpin goes and pulls up all these uh, different prisoners um, and there are different locations. And one of the locations is Rooker's Island. I'm like... <laughs> What the fuck is the point of this? Like Rikers Island exists, but did they just not want to go and tell kids that a prison exists? Like wink, like, wink, Rookers. And oh, but I guess because Empire State Penitentiary doesn't exist. The whole thing's a little weird, though, because it's like, oh, he, he engineers like a little blackout and then he changes the records here. And how on earth can you control that? You forget. I am a man of unlimited resources. I have my methods. Cut to a guard putting a taping a piece of cardboard over the monitor of the prison. <laughs> it just says Robbie to Rooker's Island. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a, a guard turning off the lights and turning them back on. Yeah, really. <laughs> just choo -choo 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 -choo. He doesn't engineer the, the power outage. He just pays someone to do it for him. Yeah, he's got a guy here, Birch. We got Birch on the case. Now the rest is up to Birch here. Are you ready? I'm ready. 
Oh, Birch. <laughs> Add it to our list of one-name characters who show up for one episode. Yeah. We got Leewald. Talk to me, Leewald. We got Metcalf. There it is, Metcalf. We got Cecily. I'm surprised at you, Cecily. Really surprised. We've got Birch. Now the rest is up to Birch here. Um, I was really hoping that Birch was somehow the chameleon, knowing me, of course, and my newfound love of the chameleon. Um, and it's not, and it really kind of bums me out. I don't know, just the way they trot him out into KPHQ. Like, if he's just a dirty guard, why wouldn't, like, you didn't need to have this big reveal of Birch, you know? Yeah, you're right, Vero. I think it, I think that if he was chameleon, it would have been a lot more fucking interesting. Yeah. So we jump back to Peter, who's bringing the pictures to the bugle, and we learn that Robbie has been sentenced to 15 years of hard time. Triple J is happy to have the clue that Peter provides and decides to hit the streets himself to investigate. Jigsaw Jameson is back. So when Peter walks in, even though he was told that Triple J is going to be in a bad mood, he gives him this hard evidence, and Triple J says, Good start, Parker. You're not as lazy as everyone around here says. Thanks, Mr. Jameson. Thanks, Mr. Jameson. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you sassy bitch. He just takes the photos back like, what are, you, what are you talking about? People say I'm lazy? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to the globe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, how, how many times has Triple J said back in my day in this episode? I think uh, it's twice. Uh, There's got to be. Yeah, everybody drink. <laughs> Jigsaw Jameson, though. I love it. I love it so hard. It's what saves this episode. <laughs> well, he puts his hat on his coat and he's just immediately talking to himself again. And I actually liked this because it was almost because we're watching a lot of the psychedelic Spidey. So 60s Spider-Man. You'll find out more on our Patreon. Um, it's kind of reminiscent of that because in that series, he Triple J talks to himself a lot. It was cool to see Glory, the receptionist, and Peter react together to Triple J because that's what they do in the 60s. So it was kind of a nice little throwback, in my opinion. I'm going to investigate this myself, just like the good old days. Jigsaw Jameson is back. He's going to get to the bottom of this puzzle. Jigsaw Jameson? But from now on, guys, whenever we go down one of our rabbit holes where we're, we're just like reading too much into this bullshit, we're going Jigsaw Jameson on it and we're cracking the case. <laughs> I'm going to come up with a drop and we can legitimize my unhealthy behavior here. Okay. Man, speaking of coming back, uh, Nell Carter here is uh, is back as Glory Grant. This is her only other appearance that she's ever made on the show uh, besides the time that we saw her in The Chameleon. Interesting fact, Glory Grant actually has a prominent role in the comics that this is based off of. Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 150, 151, I'm not sure about 155, but um, she gets involved with this weird guy who's a werewolf, Eduardo Lobo or something, I don't know. <laughs> Lobo! Like, this is why I don't mention half of the shit that happens in the comics, because no one fucking cares. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird shit yeah. in the background. <laughs> It's like, oh, by the way, there's this side story of Gloria Grant uh, getting swooned by this weird Spanish guy who turns into a werewolf. Would you say that she's over the moon for him? Yes, I would, Kevin. <laughs> would you say he makes her howl? Yes. All right, let's move on here. Um, <laughs> God damn it. 
Jigsaw grabs a cab, unwittingly being followed by Spider-Man and chauffeured by the same mysterious guy who kidnapped Robbie. He finds an old beat cop informant who tips him off about Joey Nails, an arms dealer who deals in high-tech weaponry. So is this a real cabbie? Or was he just literally waiting outside the bugle for someone to piece this together? Like, this is a really odd setup. I think he's keeping tabs on Triple J, but you know he's corrupt or whatever. But that doesn't really factor into the greater story, which is kind of a letdown, honestly. Mm -hmm. So Jameson here has the fucking classic reporter trench coat outfit. He's got the... He's got the actual fedora, not the Indiana Jones one. People look it up. And he's got the trench coat. And he's fucking just killer in this role. I know. I love it. We just need this is like this is the like the neo-noir crime (laughs) drama that we needed. G-rated film noir, but they, they pull it off, which is great. Yeah, very film noir. Triple J jumps into the back of this cab and he says, uh, Take me to 10th and Bensonhurst. Now hurry! Bensonhurst is a neighborhood in Brooklyn, uh, kind of nearish to the bridge to Staten Island. And 10th Street West does, in fact, uh, run into that neighborhood on the east side. So this is technically kind of a legit address. Um, and then later, uh, when we meet a beat cop that he's meeting up with, uh, he actually says down here, which makes sense since he came down from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Well, that's cool. Also, this beat cop that apparently Jameson knew back in the fucking day is 20 years old. Well, no, he smiles and you see some wrinkles. So I think he's got to be 40. (laughs) Oh, man, that's still not very much. And you're still a beat cop like best beat cop, still a beat cop. I guess he's not corrupt, so he doesn't rise up the ranks. But uh, the fuck is that, man? Jigsaw Jameson. What are you doing down here? Same as before. I need information. So the person I come to is Jimmy Mills, the best beat cop I ever knew. Oh, baloney. I'm getting too old for this stuff. The reason he's probably still a beat cop after all this time is because he's got his suspects apprehended, talks to Jameson over his shoulder, and then eventually just turns around entirely. So you know those crooks have just Booked it down the street. <laughs> See you. Yeah, they can still run. Yeah. Like, he didn't cuff their fucking feet. Yeah. Yeah, they can't catch two of them. And it's never shown that they're cuffed. It looks like he's just holding them, about to cuff them, and then Jameson interrupts him, and he's just like, ugh, yeah, just go to fucking Jimmy Nails, and he lets go, and they're like, See ya. So the main information that he gets is that there's a supper club owned by uh, Jimmy Nails up on the Upper East Side. And so Jigsaw heads over to Baby Joe's to keep working on this puzzle. He meets an old waitress named Nora who agrees to bring him to Joey Nails, but Jigsaw finds himself strapped to a chair as he's taken by a weird tech platform to the arms dealer. So Nora and Jigsaw totally banged, right? Oh, God, yes. Oh, it's obvious here. Also, I just do love the fact that for some reason that she doesn't know that he's (laughs) Triple J. I love everything that is happening here. Just I'm I'm just going to play it. I'm just going to play the drop here. Just boom. Do you still remember how to make a news hound float? What? You shove him in the river and toss him a life preserver. Jigsaw. What are you doing here? Hello, Nora. I'm back on the crime beat, and I'm here to see Joey Nails. No, nobody sees Joey just like that anymore. You'll see me. I want to talk about old times and new. Sure. Sure, Jigsaw. Have a seat. Outstanding. This is amazing. I love everything that's happening here. I was like, this episode's not that great. And then this happens, and I'm like, yes. 
he had a life here. Yeah. He's banging like waitresses and shit. Even oh, because his wife got killed, right? Yeah. You know, he couldn't be there for her emotionally in the way that she wanted. So it, it failed his relationship. And then yeah. like that's why he's still single to this day. His wife died. He wasn't able to be there for the women that he had in his life, but they still were attracted to his mystique and charm and, you know. You know, he was still an up and comer at the time, so he didn't really have that. But he's a magnetic individual, but he couldn't be there for them when they needed the most. And he's got gumption. I love it. There's so much implied here, and it's it's excellent. It's great. But he walks into this club and he tries to be discreet, but he's there with that fucking suit and the fedora <laughs> and the trench coat. Oh man. Nora is played here, uh, just as a side note, by Lois Nettleton, uh, who was a prolific character actress who did over a hundred guest spots, mostly for television. Television, with the occasional voice credit in there too um, and uh, apparently she's going to be back later in this season as well I don't know if that's a uh, callback or just like reused animation but she has another voice credit on this show so I'm excited to see how that happens Ooh. okay so Jigsaw says this famous line do you still remember how to make a news hound float what you shove him in the river and toss him a life preserver so I believe that Nails tried to get Jameson killed by throwing him in the fucking Hudson River, but Nora, she has soft spot for him. She threw him a life preserver. I think that Nora's hair is either a wig or she's the inventor of a bumpet because it's fucking huge. Looks like Yarmir Yagers did in the fucking early nineties. Ha <laughs> ha! Sports, <laughs> antiquated sports reference. Is isn't Yarmir Yager still playing though? Uh, he is playing in the Czech Republic. He's oh, okay. like forty five. Jesus. Check, don't rack. That's what they say. Jeez, I don't think they say that. Yeah, I just love the fact that Jameson has a super ambiguous backstory. And this fucking dame that you know, jo- yeah, like you said, Jonah is fucking banged and stuff like that. And there's such a history. And she acts like she doesn't even know that he's like this media magnate. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> but then she goes and straps him in a fucking chair. Yeah, the the restraining system here is fucking bonkers because he sits down in this regular supper club chair and then suddenly the cables that spring out here where this like it's like the same ones that the kingpin was restrained with when he betrayed the other crime lords would be allowed because it was ridiculous and criminal. Of course. Oh, I remember that. I forgot about that. And then this platform just drops down from an enormous height in the middle of a packed restaurant like how is somebody not like, oh, yeah, I'll have the uh, the Caesar salad. What the fuck is that happening? What? The senior citizen went into the floor. <laughs> oh, my God. What's happening to J. Jonah Jameson, known editor of the Daily View? Yeah, Bugle? incredibly famous person. <laughs> so stupid. Well, Jigsaw drops down into the basement and he and Joey Nails have a little chat. But when Joey lets his guard down, Jigsaw snaps up his warehouse records and turns the tables, waltzing out with the info that he needs. Spidey spies this from across the street, but also sees some heavily armed and armored goons on the roof and subdues them. They refuse to give any information, worried more about their boss than the jail time that they're due for. So Spidey swings off in search of Triple J. So this guy's voice doesn't really fit his character model again, which happens in this in this cartoon. Jigsaw Jameson, you never write, you never call, you too big for your old friends now. Only for two bit crooks like you, Nails. 
Joey Nails is played here by Stanley Ralph Ross, who is mostly known because he was a writer, mostly of older television. For example, he he wrote about a third of the Batman live action series from the 60s. Oh, wow. Those episodes. Um, but he's done a lot of voice work here and there, I just kind of because he has a cool voice. Uh, he was in like Babe, the movie, you know, the movie Babe with the talking pig, that kind of shit. I'm not familiar. But more importantly, Jigsaw loses his hat and that is not addressed <laughs> and I'm very upset about it. It goes flo- that that shows the velocity at which he's being dropped. Yeah, man, he's an old man. He can't handle that shit. I don't know, man. Triple J is pretty fucking spry here, though. Yeah, like, you're right. He's just like chilling in the chair and then mm-hmm. the restraints come off of him with his discussion with uh, Joey Nails or whatever. But what do I got to fear from a geezer like you? Plenty. For one thing, I can smell a warehouse storage record from a mile away. Hey, put that down. And then he fucking leaps across the fucking room to grab... What, the warehouse? Uh, a warehouse record. The warehouse. Um, if you, if, I mean, I'm sorry you don't understand how newshounds work, but warehouse records are catnip for newshounds. So Jonah apparently knows the smell of goldenrod here. <laughs> like he, like goldenrod paper. Like he knows the facsimile. And Joey Nails is stuck here flexing his very aggressive eyebrows. Yeah, this tussle is fucking lame. <laughs> It just walks out, though. Like, that's it. Like, you're like, okay, yeah. I guess that's it. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> across the street, Spider-Man's just kind of watching all this shit. And then these, like, faceless goons with new armor, which, hey, it's a it's a new design for goons. So, you know, we got that going for us, uh, are, like, kind of taking position. So, he, he just webs them up kind of casually. And <laughs> he tries to get him confessed. And what they say to him is pretty fucking dark. Who are you working for? Talk! I'd rather go to jail than squeal on my boss. I like breathing. Jesus Christ. Like, okay. Like, I don't yeah. think Spider-Man is known for killing people. But also, this goon actually talked. Like, how many times did the goons talk? Not many. Uh, they're, they're seen, not heard. That's kind of their motto. Yeah, for sure. It's very weird, though, that Spider-Man doesn't do anything. He's just like, well, I gotta follow Jameson. Like, he could have at least unmasked these guys, you know? But then again, the way things are going with that regard, I guess with his luck, it would probably be like Aunt May and Flash Thompson if he pulled off their masks. <laughs> so he's just like, fuck it. I, I can't handle this. I can't handle being anybody else I know. It's true. warehouse jigsaw starts picking the lock but spidey gets in first discovering a lot of goons and a lot of guns a brawl breaks out and during the beatdown one of the henchmen accidentally activates a bomb jigsaw joins the fray and it takes spider-man's intervention to keep him breathing but his gratitude is lacking and he pulls a gun on our hero is this not the same warehouse that spider-man was stuck in when he encountered the sinister six uh, i'm also All pretty right. sure there's some rocket assembly pieces in the background somewhere <laughs> honestly i found it was uh, pretty good i didn't think there was that much reused animation mostly because we've got these goons 2.0 versus the regular type of goons yeah. so they have to reanimate a lot of stuff but season four gotta have sexy new goons <laughs> yeah I, I actually really like the fight here um like there's a bunch of it where spidey's upside down and stuff he gets a he gets a good quip in there and then he uh, deflects the laser with his um, piece of metal, which I thought was really smart. I liked it. 
when he says pipe down to those guards, they're dead. Guys, pipe down, will you? Yeah, I'm sure your neck's fine. Just sore, right? And then, but then he triggers the bomb and he doesn't seem to fucking even notice or care. Like, I'd lose my mind triggering a bomb by accident. It's only got a hundred seconds. But he just kicks it. What kind of fucking hair trigger does this thing have? I mean, that's the kind of shit that Joey Nails deals with, you know? (laughs) I guess so. When you work with Joey Nails, you get what you get. Oh. And three guys are stuck under all that rubble. Like, they're not getting out. Yeah, probably not, Ooh, right? Sorry, Steve. And then you just run out. <laughs> Jameson comes in here and he holds his own for like half a second, but then he's immediately fucked. That move made me captain of my college wrestling team. Yeah, well, now I'll show you the move that won me first prize at my gun club. I kind of wanted Spider-Man to pile on here and just be like, and this move made me the leader of my knitting circle. Oh, ah, shit. <laughs> Just because he webs the guy from head to toe. (laughs) What unit of time is this uh, bomb using? Because it's kind of just like just counting imperial seconds here. It does what it wants to do. Seconds. It's not It's It's not metric time. It's like one one fifth of a fortnight. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. Jigsaw's straight up ready to murder Spider-Man here, though, right? Like, Spider-Man saves him, and he pulls his laser pistol on here, and he... I don't know if he's letting the film noir get to his head or whatever, but he makes it very clear he's ready to kill. And after all these years, I finally realized something. If you want it done right, you gotta do it yourself. Even though he just clearly saved his life? Yeah. I knew you were behind this. This is where some of the whole Jameson hates Spider-Man, like, really doesn't hold water is the fact that they've put them two of them together on this episode where they're both doing the same thing, you know? He's got that irrational hatred. To be fair, though, he hasn't really seen Spider-Man at all this episode. It's not like right. he's seen him in a bunch of places. Doing This is the first time he showed up, and he's been following leads towards something bad. So I, I, I can kind of cut him some slack. What I can't cut him slack for is that he doesn't like vigilantism. Um, which is his, his disregard for people in masks. He, it's been very clear that that's something he doesn't like. And yet he says, oh, I'm going to take it into my own hands. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But at least Spider-Man finally agreed with us uh, by calling everybody goons. <laughs> <laughs> Hired goons. Don't you get it? I was trying to keep those goons from hurting you. Well, uh, Jigsaw's attempted murder is cut short when the bomb goes off and Spider-Man is able to get them both safely into a trap door. In the basement, the two eventually put their differences aside as they discover evidence that could clear Robbie and Jigsaw hustles off to get it to the authorities. Well, despite all that, he still saves Jigsaw Jameson. Yeah, but there were six goons who charged into the fight, and most of them are webbed to boxes and stuff, but Spider-Man just dips when the fire starts. Like, one guy was fully cocooned, and then when it all blows up, they show three people jumping into the river safety. (laughs) Did did Spider-Man let three people die? Yes. I think he did. Didn't even try and save them. Yeah, just see ya. (laughs) Jigsaw mobs himself up, though. Shattered hips and all, and then immediately tries to throw a punch at Spider-Man, which I'll admire that moxie. (laughs) Then he even tries to shit talk him afterwards. Like he just gets manhandled like a puppy, but he's just like (laughs) tries to like, ah, sell your ash, but I got other things to do. Like you're not fooling anyone, old man. (laughs) Like you fucking suck. 
Looks like we hit the jackpot. Okay, Spider-Man. Let's finish this once and for all. Uh, Didn't you ever think that if Robbie Robertson thought I was okay, there might be something to it? Spider-Man, I'd give anything to settle your hash right now. So why why does um, Triple J think that he can actually fucking bare-knuckle brawl uh, Spider-Man here? Is it because he was on the wrestling team in university or whatever the fuck he said? The wrestling team that used kicks? I don't know what the fuck <laughs> WWE bullshit he's used to, but this is not going to fly. Um, he comes he in come. from, the, <laughs> from the top ropes, J. Jonah Jameson. Jigsaw Jameson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but fucking Spider-Man's just sitting there marveling at this situation and then decides to take a look at the computers to see who is responsible for all this bullshit. And he reasons correctly that only the Kingpin could afford this level of criminal technology. And using his quote unquote spider hacking, he cracks the passcode and discovers that Robbie's prison assignment has been switched. This entire scene is basically Peter talking out loud. To himself about computers and the whole letting the audience know the process unnecessarily. <laughs> I'll have to use every hacker's trick I've ever learned. I just wanted to be like, hmm, looks around on the floor, finds a sticky note with the username and password on it. It's like kingpin password one, two, three, four. Like, all right, there you go. That's 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 high tech hacking right there. If you look at the screen next to the one Spider-Man's using, there's like Pythagoras theorem stuff (laughs) on the screen. I don't know if it's a screensaver or just to show you that this is high tech stuff. Just like geometry. Um, I figured that uh, Peter's hacker tricks is just like one, 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 one. Damn. One, 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 two. Damn. One, 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 three. Damn. One, 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 four. Damn. Robbie arrives at prison, only to discover, just as Spider-Man will, at almost the exact same moment, that his cellmate is none other than Richard Fisk. Spidey spells out the situation before putting it all together and speeding off to the clink to save his friend Robbie from his old friend, Tombstone. Sorry. Right. So the fucking password Spider-Man quote-unquote hacks is... Progeny? Come on. P-R-O-G? Yes, I'm in. So it's a descendant or descendants of a person, animal, or plant, or offspring. Great. Fucking great. Like, why would that be the password? How did you figure that out? I want to know. Ah, I'm so fucking upset at these stupid <laughs> Hey, I've got a new banking password. I mean, no, I don't. Shut up. What's going on? (laughs) Like, what hacking tricks did he get? Like, does he have a fucking, like, uh, rainbow table that he's just fucking using? I don't know. Peter, you know it's real hacking because he says, I'm in. (laughs) It's a hacking in the 90s if you say you're in. I'm disappointed that the guy who's supposed to be a super genius can't confidently spell progeny. Right. P R O G? Is that it? I mean, I took it to mean that he was kind of like he happened upon it, you know? Like it wasn't like he he learned the word and then he was typing it in. He was like getting one letter at a time using his hacks. I don't fucking know. But what he pulls up here uh is the biography of Robbie. 
Um, and by an absolutely crazy coincidence, when you look at the screen, it says Robbie was born on March 20th of 1955. Vera, what is today's date? March. Oh, March 20th. <laughs> Nine, 2020. 20. I almost said 1920. 2020. Yeah, you almost did. But like it is, it, we are happening to be recording this on the exact day of Robbie's birthday. Happy By birthday to chance. you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, to Robbie. You. Happy birthday, Robbie. They show the same shot here uh, as before that has the criminals um, along with Robbie's name. Robbie's prison assignment was changed from New York State Pen to Rooker's. But why? That made me put my own Jigsaw Jameson hat on and do a little bit of a deep dive here. Jigsaw. Jigsaw Jameson. Jigsaw Jameson? Jigsaw. 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 Jigsaw Jameson is back. Uh, they show four names on the screen here. Besides Robbie, there's Brooks, Stone Street, Matthew Edelman, and Richard Allen. Now, this gets a little tinfoil hat, but Edelman and Allen are both names that are listed on the production team for this show, but only for three episodes, Night of the Lizard and the two Hobgoblin episodes, which were not aired concurrently. In the past, the show's primary producer slash writer, John Semper Jr., a.k.a. Semper Senpai, said that the people who preceded him in his position on the show were responsible for a bunch of bad decisions, including trying to start the show off with Hobgoblin and were subsequently fired. Was this him making a veiled jab at them by calling them criminals? I suggest the answer is yes. And as for Stone Street, there's no reference to him in the credits for this show, but a man by that name has been an animation production assistant at Fox for over 20 years, mostly on The Simpsons, but it's possible that he too was vaguely associated with the pre-production of the show and then was subsequently let go before it went to air. Sorry, what? Uh, could you repeat that? Uh, no. <laughs> I already took my jigsaw hat off. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's some great investigative work there, Kevin. I have another question for you. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I don't know, but it wasted 25 minutes of my life on this, sir. And I've sent another tweet at John Semper Jr., so we'll see if Semper Senpai responds. Has he ever? No. Oh. No, he's not. Maybe this will be the tweet that sends it off, though. Because he realizes that I'm paying that much attention. No, because he's in isolation right now and he needs to fucking respond to whatever yeah, he can. he needs something to do. Mm -hmm. But also, Spider-Man goes and uses the fucking print button. Thank God for that print button. You guys remember that print button, which historically has been used to capture a screen image, not to actually <laughs> fucking print? But you know what? Yep. Whatever. It's a cartoon. It doesn't fucking matter. I wish. Yeah, I wish I had done. that print. I liked the pose that Spider-Man decided to strike. It's a very sensual leg cross and uh, <laughs> finger under the chin. It's very yeah. statuesque. He's I getting super fucking it. comfortable. He's yeah, getting super fucking like, comfortable here. He makes himself he's got at time. home. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't at all. And then he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Peter, if I may defer to the oh, fuck expert. Oh, oh, fuck. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got every reason to say, oh, fuck, because uh, Robbie just at that minute is meeting uh, up with not only Richard Fisk, but Tombstone, who drops a, a very good, hey, homie. <laughs> it's the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing ever. It's so chill. Oh, my God. Hey, homie. Good to see you. Tombstone. <laughs> Straight arrow. So my heart leapt at the sight of Tombstone, but then sank, knowing that we would be subjected to at least two minutes of flashback. 
Which, thinking back, is justified based on the fact that we have to remind our child audiences who the fuck Tombstone is. But I was just like, God damn it. (laughs) It's important to remember that this is the season premiere. Yeah. So you haven't seen this show in probably seven months or whatever the fuck it's been. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of fair to to give a little bit of a jog. But Tombstone uh, reveals here that he has protected Wilson Fisk's son, Dickie Fisk in prison, and Fisk has orchestrated Robbie's arrest in turn. Spider-Man arrives to help, and he beats his way into the prison. Fisk, Tombstone, and their paid-off guard then hustle Robbie out into a waiting helicopter. Uh, I think when I was a kid, this all of this flew right over my head. Like, what do you mean he needs protection in prison? What do you mean there were some scuffles? Like, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of implications here. And first of all, they hand wave that uh, Fisk is doing Tombstone a favor. Like, this is really, really elaborate. It requires millions of dollars of equipment, like 10 to 12 people taking the fall and going to prison for significant lengths of time. Like, tons of planning. And all of that is happening. What is what is happening to Dickie here that makes it worth it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a couple of beatdowns, some uncomfortable shit happening. Like, Yeah, they... They really don't get into any detail of what the fucking point of all of this was. They really don't. It's like, what, just because, what, Tombstone wanted to have Robbie as his special friend? Like, was that it? I don't know. All of this is because Tombstone just wanted his best friend back because he's trapped in the good old days of wanting to eat ice cream sandwiches and playing basketball. The whole exchange between Robbie and Tombstone is really weird. What do you want from me? You. (laughs) You want me from me? What the fuck does that even mean? Like, I don't know. We didn't all go to J school, Straight Arrow. Just meet me in the middle for once. Straight Arrow is back. I'm fucking, I fucking hate it. Straight Arrow is back on the menu, Straight Arrow. Like, fuck it, whatever. (laughs) Straight Arrow. So they've animated Dickie Fisk just standing there with his hands in his back pockets, like super chill. And this conversation is happening. Like, again, he is not part of the intricacies between Robbie and Tombstone's relationship he's just there and it's so awkward to watch like yeah. so yeah. we're getting the helicopter soon or well like spider-man is arriving here and then uh tombstone's freaking out he's like i worked too hard for this it's spider-man he's probably coming for a buddy here he's not gonna get him i worked too hard for this you literally also said that dickie did everything. So unless he means it was a lot of work to keep Dickie from getting the holy hell beat out of him in prison. Like, I can see that in a way, though, because it's like, I imagine Dickie going to the front of the food line, like cutting the line, going right to the front and asking for like <laughs> escargot and Pinot Gris. And then Tombstone's like, oh, God. And he like jumps in as like eight guys try and shiv him immediately for this bullshit. You know, Dickie's a soft boy. <laughs> Like, the only thing that is unifying these gangs in prison is their hatred of this man right here. Guys, uh, what, Birch is now, for yeah, some Birch. reason, voiced by Alfonso Ribeiro? And <laughs> like, I'm surprised that Robbie isn't like, Randy, is that you? <laughs> like, what the fuck? He, like, pulls off a mask like Scooby-Doo. He's just like, Dad, I'm here to get you. I got the bandana gang on my side. <laughs> So Spider-Man breaks from the prison and uh, I guess he missed the memo to take it easy on the good guys. <laughs> he kicks the shit out of the guards. 
Spider-Man right? related whiplash? Like, your insurance isn't going to cover that. Well, they make their way out to the chopper, and then Spider-Man heads to the roof, snagging onto it and climbing aboard. He subdues the pilot and sends it into a tailspin. Tombstone and Fisk are knocked out and crash into a tree in the prison yard, while Spider-Man uses some nifty web weaving to parachute himself, Robbie, and the pilot to safety. We don't even know what the fucking plan was here just to get Robbie into Tombstone's cell. Like, there was no reason for Robbie in this entire plot. Yeah, the only thing he says is that um, they're going to be fugitives together. So I guess if he's like, oh, I'll ruin your life and then you'll have to be my friend, I guess, is his reasoning. It's not very solid, but yeah. it, I mean, it's. I guess he's getting revenge by ruining his life. That's that's the main thing I hear, I think. Yeah, he wants him to be a criminal, and now he has his best friend on the lam with him. It's kind of weird how Tombstone and Diggy go crashing out of this helicopter, but I gotta say, you gotta find yourself a partner who'll hold you the way Tombstone and Diggy hold each other here. It's very tender. Tombstone's a hero in this. (laughs) First of all, he takes the brunt of the tree branch hit. He's like, they go in. Yeah, but that's the point. That's what that's what Diggy did. He yeah. pays him to protect him. Yeah. And then Tombstone lands knee first or mm. knees first onto the fucking floor, but yeah, still caressing like his ward lovingly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, OK, so Spider-Man makes a point of saving Robbie and the dirty cop. If this guy was actually the chameleon, it would have been perfect. He gets Spider-Man to save him and then he just escapes again. And he's like, see, ya, I'm out. Instead of this, like, why the, f- like, he knowingly saved a dirty guard? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. He doesn't allow people to die, though. That's his thing. Yeah. Um, and he jumps out of the out of the thing, and he, he weaves himself a parachute, which I agree is bullshit, <sighs> but he did this exact same thing two episodes ago in Goblin War. Goblin, Goblin War! Goblin War! Experiment time! Hey! <laughs> it worked! So why is he surprised that it works again? He's like blown away that it works. I mean, you already did this, sir. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? This is our only chance. Unbelievable. It worked. I said the same thing, Kevin. I'm like, you fucking already did this. Like, oh, Uh, but also if you look at his web shooters, he goes and like, shoots them and they go vertical like a 90 degree angle from i'm like what are you doing like do these these writers even watch this show at this point i don't even know (laughs) not nearly as much as some nerds do apparently that's the truth We're back in court, and Jigsaw, or I guess Triple J now, puts the pieces together for the judge, who clears Robbie of all charges to thunderous applause. I like that Triple J fucking sets up a Bristol board like an eighth grade presentation. (laughs) Sure enough, Peter accidentally put one of his dick pics in there, so the prosecutor's (laughs) like, uh, objection? Judge's like, overruled, Mr. Parker, see me in my chambers. Mr. Parker, that is hard evidence. (laughs) (laughs) Going to put you away for a long time. It's terrifying seeing Triple J be that happy. Is that all the evidence the judge needs to see? Like, Peter could have fucking photoshopped that uh, picture, right? (laughs) They didn't have Photoshop. (laughs) I know they didn't have Photoshop, but like... They had photo editing. There was there's there's yeah, things where they I'm, edited uh, Hitler out of pictures and shit, man. 
Sure, but he had the physical gun and he had the physical um, uh, unit that controlled the gun. Oh, that yeah, right. The, Triple J did. Yeah. So, like, that's why he ran off to see the judge, because he had the actual physical evidence. And so you see, Your Honor, it was all a clever charade to fool us into believing that Robbie was involved. Is no one questioning why there's a picture of this when, like, Peter wasn't actually there? At the end of the day, this isn't some Saturday morning cartoon, Peter. You're right. Well, the celebration doesn't stop there because the bow on this episode has the Bugle staff throwing a welcome home party for Robbie while Jigsaw takes a lot of the credit. Robbie tells Peter that the world needs Spider-Man and he decides that his proxy father is right. It was me. I'm the whiz. Of course, Triple J's just taking all the fucking credit here. Oh, sorry. Jigsaw. You see, Robbie, it wasn't Spider-Man who helped you when you were in trouble. It was me. I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jigsaw. It wasn't Spider-Man that helped you. It was me. 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 <laughs> so fucking proud of himself. Say it, Robbie. <laughs> Say it was me. I do like the, the comment from Jonah, though, as he's like going away. He's just like, no, nah, I had to do something. It would have been too much work to replace you. I that was on point. I like that. It was very on character. But I think the real question you come away with from here is, uh, does Robbie know that Peter is Spider-Man? Because it feels like he does. Oh my god, Robbie knows that Peter's Spider-Man. He gave him the biggest dad speech ever, like, to his soul. I hope you'll change your mind about taking pictures of Spider-Man, Peter. I've never been more convinced in my life that Spider-Man is a true hero. I know his job's not easy, but he's exactly what this city, this world, needs right now. I hope he never gives up. They have the same voice, so I don't know. He's dealt with both of them a lot, so I kind of feel like, yeah, he knows. He knows. But you know what? He's going to keep the secret. Well, it looks like this court is adjourned, which means it's time to deliberate over some arbitrary spider rings where we rate the episode using whatever idiotic metric we can come up with off the top of our heads that has also been pre-planned. I give this episode six evidence photos taped to a bristle board out of eight. I liked the mystery noir tone of the episode, and it gave us so much great jigsaw material, but the animation is garbage at times, and personally, I can't get over what they did to Ned Leeds, so I can never forgive them. I'm going to give this episode four jaunty fedora tips out of five. The episode was pretty over the top, but if you take it with a grain of salt, it's a very fun episode. The whole jigsaw thing really lands for me. I see that it could be divisive for other people, but I think it's funny, and it's very interesting to see the mystery here kind of unravel and it also ties in a lot of old plot points in an interesting way like the framing of robbie bringing in tombstone dickie fisk the animation also yo-yoed a lot uh, but generally it was passable and the fights looked really good and, and they, they they worked well for me so all in all good stuff as for me i will give this three out of eight shitty 90s haircuts this wasn't a great <laughs> episode for me Oh, three out of eight. Wow. Yeah, I just thought that there was actually no fucking motivation for Robbie to get framed. And there was no payoff. And it was great to see Jameson have this whole kind of film noir thing to him. But it didn't really redeem the entire episode. So I don't know. And it's kind of weird that this whole thing didn't take place last season, considering this was basically just another sin of the father. Well, according to the Bugle headline, 
There's another naughty daddy on the horizon. He's supposed to have some big scoop. The moment all America has been waiting for. Today's issue with a bugle. Brock's big scoop. Eddie Brock's biggest scoop. Big news, too. That's unbelievable. Exactly how did you happen to get this? The cat. Doc Ock and the Kingpin want the secret Felicia's father has been keeping for decades. But they'll need to break him out of jail to get it. Oh, man, daddy issues, ahoy! <laughs> ahoy! <laughs> Nothing turns you on more, right? What, 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 what? Who told you? <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you for joining us, loyal listeners. If you like the episode, share it with your friends, your family, and overly talkative cellmates, in person or online, using the hashtag RASpiderPod, and get a chance to win some free swag. If you love the show, you can also join our Patreon, buy some merch on Tee Public, or rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice to help us grow the pod. Links for everything are on our website, RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. We'll be returning from probation in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, this is Radioactive SpiderPod saying, How do you make a news hound float? Keep swinging. Peace and reunion to you. <laughs> so hard to let you go. Leave me! I'll always love you! We see you, ma'am. I just wish I was part of a supper club. It sounds <laughs> sounds fucking delicious, you know? It like, does sound oh, fun. I'm gonna go get supper. Uh, oh, she's, I don't know. What is a supper club? Does anyone know? <laughs> can can we be a member of your supper club? Please hit us up. Yeah. Like, please, someone tell us what a supper club is. Also, if you want to start a new Radioactive Spider Pod supper club, hit us up on Patreon. It's, uh, <laughs> it's patreon.com slash Radioactive Spider Pod. We'll just slash Radioactive Supper Club. Listen, yeah. we'll just yeah. eat dinner over Discord. So we're all eating together. <laughs>